Welcome back to Idgits and Asbuts. My name is Rochelle. And I'm Lynn. And today we're talking about Season 5, Episode 6, called I Believe the Children Are Our Future. They are our future. They Listen. They are our future. You're right. Just poor suckers. <laughs> I know. We're killing the planet. <laughs> okay. It's not us that's killing the planet so much. It's the generations older than yes, us. Yes. That is very true, actually. Not all of them. Some of them are good about it. Mm-hmm. But most of them are not. <laughs> When I was little, not to get all political, (laughs) but when I was younger, not really little, Mm -hmm. I thought that, like, all the people who were doing all the bad shit to kill the planet and Mm -hmm. stuff, that they were going to die, and then my younger generation would come into power, Mm -hmm. and they would be, you know... They'd fix it. They would fix it. Mm -hmm. But they're a bunch of dumbasses still, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah. I have hope, but... It's going to be a long, drawn-out hope. Right. Because right. <laughs> like, yeah. we really are. Ter- I mean, we're getting better in a lot of ways, but also there's a lot of ways that still haven't changed at all. Yeah. So. Yep. Anyways. <laughs> all right. Well, we start out uh, with a young woman watching TV. She starts to brush her hair. She hears a thud and goes to investigate. She says, Jimmy? And we hear some more thumping. She slides open a closet door and she sees a young child on the floor with a metal rod sticking out of his head. She sighs and says, I told you to go to bed. Like, really? Are you kidding? (laughs) He says, I can't. I'm dead. (laughs) She says, what is this? Ketchup? Gross. She grabs him and pulls him upright. He says, ow, you're mean. She says, yeah, that's what your parents pay me for, to be mean. (laughs) Bed now. He says, okay, just wait. I'll go to bed if you let me touch your boob. What a perv. I know. He's what, like 10? I know, right? 11, maybe 12 tops? Yeah. Like, come on, kid, really? She says, go. He goes upstairs, and she sits back down in front of the TV. She's watching Cujo. Uh, then she hears a dog barking outside, so she turns the TV off. She looks out the window. Then the parents come home. The TV is on, but it's all static. The dad says, I'll take Amber home. Don't wait up. Um, which seemed a little weird to me. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> now that you say it yeah. that way, I didn't think of that, but yeah. Yeah, it just seemed a little weird. So, Don't wait up. I'm yeah. going to take her home. Like, how far does she live? Exactly. She's got to live in the neighborhood, probably. Or close by, yeah. at least. But, like, don't wait up. Like, it should take you 10 minutes round trip, depending exactly. on where you're going. You know, yeah. like, mm. So it looks like Amber is asleep on the couch. The mom goes upstairs. The dad says, Amber, and he touches her head to try and wake her, but there's blood on her head. He turns her body, and a big chunk of her head is gone. What? He yells, Francine! Like, down to the brain. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's disgusting. And we get our opening title sequence. So we cut to Sam and Dean showing their FBI badges in a morgue. The coroner says, what brings you by? Sam says, we'd like to see Amber Greer's body. The coroner says, really? What for? Dean says, the police report said something clawed through her skull. The coroner says, you didn't read the autopsy report uh, that I emailed out this morning. Sam says, we had a server issues. So the guy leads them to the body. The coroner says, we thought she was attacked by a wolf or something. Dean says, or something. (laughs) The coroner says, but we were wrong. He holds up an evidence bag. Sam says, is that? The coroner says, it's a press-on nail. We found it in her temporal lobe. Sam says, is that even possible? Dean says, wait, are you saying that she did this to herself? The dude says, "Uh Mm uh-huh. She scratched her brains out. It'd take hours. And it hurt like hell, but sure, it's possible. Dean says, how? The coroner says, pick your acronym, OCD, PCP. It all spells crazy. 
I mean, PCP, stay away oh, yeah. from drugs, folks. Yeah, PCP would do it. Um, he says, my guess is some kind of platinum, almost said platinum, some kind of phantom itch. Not a platinum, platinum itch. <laughs> what, is, what would a platinum itch be? I have no idea. Something that only blondes get? Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's it. They're trying to itch their brains. That's the winner. <laughs> Gets a little dusty in there sometimes. Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> uh. Oh, I'm terrible. Okay, folks, I make that joke because I'm blonde and I can. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So um, he says, I mean, an extreme case. But Sam says, phantom itch? The coroner says, yeah, and slides the body back into her drawer. He says, all it takes is someone talking about an itch or thinking about one even, and suddenly you can't stop scratching. Sam says, thanks, Doc. The guy leaves, and Sam and Dean start scratching themselves. I'm not going to lie. I was also scratching myself. I, know. I was like, I shouldn't. Don't do it. You need to itch. You need to itch. You know? Yep. Like, yep, it happened to me, too. <laughs> so we cut to Sam and Dean interviewing the parents who hired Amber to babysit. Sam says, okay, now some of these questions might seem a bit odd, but please just bear with me. Have you noticed any cold spots in the house? The dad says, uh, no. Sam says, okay, what about strange smells? Meanwhile, Dean is looking around the house. The kid sees him and asks, what you looking for? Dean says, don't know yet. It's Jimmy, right? So Amber was your babysitter? Jimmy says, yes, sir. Dean says, yeah, most of my babysitters sucked, especially Mrs. Chancy. She only cared about two things, dynasty and bedtime. Did What's you see dynasty? Dynasty is an old TV show. Hmm. Is it like a soap opera or something? Or like what type of show is it? I think it was soap opera-ish, but more like a nighttime, hmm. you know. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, I have no yeah. idea. Like, it just seems like with Dynasty as a name, it seems kind of like soap opera. Yeah, I think, you know? I think like, it's soap opera-ish. Yeah. Um, I might be wrong, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dean says, did you see anything strange that night? Jamie says, no, sir. Dean says, are you sure about that? Jimmy says, I would tell you if I knew something. I promise. 100%. Cross my heart. <sighs> Dean says, well, Jimmy, I uh, happen to know that you're lying. Jimmy says, I'm not. Dean puts his hand on Jimmy's shoulder and says, are we going to start talking truth or are you going to have to take a little trip downtown? <laughs> so we cut to Sam and Dean outside the house walking to baby. Dean holds up a packet of itching powder. Dean says, kid said he put, uh, kid said he put this on the babysitter's hairbrush. Sam says, Dean, there's no way itching powder made that girl scratch her brains out. It's just ground up maple seeds. Dean says, if you have any other theories, I'm open to them. Sam's phone rings and he answers it and says, yeah, we'll be right there. So we cut to them arriving where a body is being bagged. The coroner is there. He says, I got electrocuted. Dean asks, any idea how? And the doctor says, maybe a loose wire or a piece of equipment shorted out. So far, we haven't found anything. Sam says, uh, witnesses? The coroner says, yeah, guy over there, Mr. Stanley. He says he saw it, but he's not making a lick of sense. Senile. Sam says, thanks. And the boys go up to Mr. Stanley. Sam says, uh, Mr. Stanley? Mr. Stanley says, it was just a joke. I didn't know it would really work. Dean says, what would work? Mr. Stanley says, all I did was shake his hand, and he holds up one of those joke hand buzzers. We cut to Sam and Dean in their motel room, putting on long rubber gloves and eye protectors. <laughs> They've got a big chunk of meat in a pan. Dean shoves the hand buzzer into the meat, and it cooks and burns immediately. Dean says, that'll do, pig. <laughs> Sam says, what the hell? That crap isn't supposed to work. Dean says, this thing doesn't even have batteries. Sam says, so what? Are we looking at cursed objects? Dean says, sounds good. Maybe there's a powerful witch in town. He cuts a piece of the meat and eats it. 
<laughs> I, I don't know if I'd want to eat that. I wouldn't want to eat like, that. Like, here. Let's we don't know how this is cooked. Yeah, yeah. Like, and also, if you're assuming that it's a cursed object that is cooking this meat, why would you eat then the cursed cook, the cursed, mm, the cursed the, cook meat? Yeah, like, <laughs> the cooked cursed meat? I don't know, like, don't how know. that would be labeled. But yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of like, Yeah, I wouldn't, ah, I would not eat it. Seems sketchy. <laughs> Dean says, is there any link between the joy buzzer and the itching powder? Sam says, one was made in China, the other Mexico, but they were both bought from the same store. Dean keeps shoving food in his face. <clears throat> we cut to a store called the Conjurarium. Sam and Dean walk in. I totally need some water. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. I was like, it's disgusting how Dean eats. <laughs> it is. Like, it really is. Like, he really shoves his face full. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't, like, there's no way. You can't shove that much food in your face and actually be able to chew and swallow. Oh, right. Like, it's great, too, because, like, in real life, um, Jared is the one who will eat large amounts anything, of anything. You know? like, and, yeah. and Jensen's, like, a really, like, diet-conscious type person, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I wonder how much he has to spit out, you know, just to, like, keep I mean, his all healthy the burgers. eating. Yeah. Yeah. Think of all the burgers. Mm-hmm. He must, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we cut to a store called the Conjurarium. Sam and Dean walk in. Dean whispers, Sam, and holds up a whoopee cushion. Mm. Sam rolls his eyes. An employee appears and says, welcome to the Conjurarium, sanctum of magic and mystery. Sam asks, are you the owner? The man says, yep. Dean says, you sold any itching powder or joy buzzers, joy buzzers lately? The guy says, <laughs> joy buzzers. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a name. I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Anyways. The guy says, yeah, a grand total of one of each. They aren't exactly big ticket items. Looky boy's here to buy something or what? Dean hands in some money for the whoopee cushion. Sam says, so you get many customers? The dude says, kids come in. They don't buy much, but they're more than happy to break stuff. These days, all they care about are their iPhones and those kissing vampire movies. (laughs) The whole thing makes me just... Dean says, angry? The guy says, yeah, yeah, I am angry. <laughs> this shop has been my life for 20 years, and now it's wasting away to nothing. Dean says, which is why you hate them. The man says, I suppose. Dean says, you wish there was something you could do about it. The man says, yeah, I guess I do. Dean says, so you're taking revenge. He grabs a rubber chicken and slams it down on the counter. He holds up the joy buzzer and says, with this. <laughs> and he fries the chicken with the buzzer. <laughs> a different type of fried chicken. Yeah, but, you know. right. The man screams and freaks out. The rubber chicken totally melts. <laughs> Sam says, something tells me this guy is not a powerful witch. <laughs> Dean says, sorry, sorry. And Sam and Dean hurry out the door. He's afraid of a melting chicken. I know. It was pretty gross looking. It was It was gross, but I don't know if I would be that afraid of it. Yeah, I'd yeah, be yeah. more baffled as to how I'd it be like, happen. What are, you, are you guys robbing me? Like, are you... Do you need money? (laughs) (laughs) I think my reaction would probably be, um, why are you melting that? And that's going to be impossible to clean. I know. I was (laughs) just thinking the cleanup on that's going to be awful. Yeah. So we cut to a nice house in the suburbs. A dad is telling his daughter, I'll just slip this tooth under your pillow. And while you sleep, the tooth fairy will float down and swap it out for a quarter. The little girl says, so some freak is going to come in my room while I'm sleeping and take my tooth. Sounds scary. No, thank you. The dad, I mean, you know. Yeah. The dad says, come on. And he puts the tooth under her pillow and settles her into bed. He kisses her and says, good night, sweetie. He turns off her light and leaves. Later in the night, the little girl sneaks into her dad's room while, while he's sleeping, and she puts the tooth under her dad's pillow. Suddenly, there's a rough-looking dude with fairy wings in the room. <laughs> 
I just, I laughed when I saw him. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, honey. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Look at you. Right. What does he have, like, a beard and, like, those. He's, like, super hairy, overweight, yeah. like, beard, sketchy hair with, like, I think he had maybe a tiara, too. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. He had, like, fairy wings, a tutu, and I think a wand. Yeah. But, at like, a wife least. beater on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, he puts his hand across the dad's mouth and says, hold still. You might feel just a little pinch. And he pulls out one of the man's teeth with some sort of tool. Ugh. Pliers. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't do the teeth stuff. No. Like the eyeball stuff and the teeth stuff. I can't. And the fingernail stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't oh. do that. <laughs> I can't. So we cut to the father in a hospital room, his mouth all swollen. Sam walks out of the room into the hall. Dean is talking to a young, pretty nurse. She leaves, and Dean says to Sam, What's up with Toothless? Cavity creeps got a hold of him? Sam says, Yeah, close. He wrote up a description. 5'10", 350 pounds, wings, and a pink tutu. <laughs> Said it was a tooth fairy. Dean says, So he's obviously whacked out on painkillers. Sam says, Maybe. Whatever it was got past locked doors and windows without triggering the alarm. Dean says, Come on, tooth fairy? Sam says, and it left 32 quarters under his pillow, one for each tooth. Which means he pulled out all of his teeth. That's mm-hmm. oh. why his mouth was so swollen. I know. It's so upsetting. I mean, if you got all of your teeth yanked out, like, you'd probably be bleeding a lot and would be super swollen. Oh you know, like, think God. of how swollen. Okay, I, I don't have wisdom teeth, and mm-hmm. I've never had wisdom teeth, so I never had to get any removed. Mm-hmm. But think of, like, all the people that you know that have had their wisdom teeth removed. Mm-hmm. Like, their faces are so puffy afterwards, and that's right. after removing up to, like, four teeth. Four, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess they could potentially have eight. Yeah. But, like, still, usually it's two to four. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's the puffiness for, like, days after that little amount of teeth like if you take out all of your teeth at once oh man so gross dude yeah like mm -mm. (laughs) just no (laughs) dean says well i will see you're crazy and raise you some there's a couple of kids upstairs with stomach ulcers say they got it from mixing pop rocks and coke another guy his face froze that way Sam asks, what way? And Dean pulls his cheeks out with his hands and crosses his eyes. (laughs) Then he says, he held it too long and it stuck. They're flying in a plastic surgeon. (coughs) Sam says, so, I mean, if you add all that up, I got nothing. Dean says, I thought sea monkeys were real. Sam says, they are. They're brine shrimp. Dean says, no, no, no. I mean, like, in the ads, you know, like, the sea monkey wife cooks the pot roast for the sea monkey husband, (laughs) and the sea monkey kids play with the dog in a sea monkey castle. I mean, I was six, but I believed it. Point is, maybe that's the connection. The tooth fairy, the pop rocks and coke, the joy buzzer that shocks you, they're all, like, uh, they're all lies that kids believe. Sam says, and now they're coming true. Okay, so whatever's doing this is reshaping reality. It has the powers of a god or of a trickster. Dean says, yeah, with the sense of a hu- with a sense of humor of a nine-year-old. Sam says, or you. I mean, it's not wrong. Right. <laughs> Dean looks offended. So we cut to Sam walking into the motel room. Dean is eating a sandwich. Sam says, dude, seriously, still with the ham? Dean says, we don't have a fridge. <laughs> <laughs> shoving it in. <laughs> Sam says, well, I found something. And he shows Dean a map. He says, tooth fairy attack was here. Pop rocks and coke was here. Then you've got itching powder, face freeze, and joy buzzer, all located within a two-mile radius. Dean says, so we got a blast zone of weird and inside a fantasy 
and inside, fantasy becomes reality. Sam says, looks like. Dean says, and what's the A-bomb at its center? Sam says, four acres of farmland and a house. Dean says, our motel isn't in that circle by any chance. Sam says, yeah, why? Dean's hol- Dean holds up his hand, and there's hair growing on his palm. <laughs> okay, I have not heard of this legend, like, or myth or whatever, so, like, I had no idea what was happening. Did you get it eventually? Not, I mean, I got it, but I didn't, like, so, you mess around with your junk and you grow hair on your hands, basically, yeah. but I'd, I've never, like, heard oh, that yeah. at all. Yeah, don't like, masturbate or you grow hair on your palm. I have never heard mm-hmm. that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard more of the blind thing. Yeah. You'll go, you blind. go blind. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, yeah, it's totally a thing. I was going to yeah. ask you if you knew what I was talking about. No, I, I was just like, this doesn't, but I wasn't going to Google that. <laughs> I would definitely get put on a list somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure there's worse things to Google, but oh, still, yeah. you know, like, uh, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> Sam says, oh, dude, that's not what I think it is, is it? <laughs> Dean says, I got bored. That nurse was hot. <laughs> Sam says, you know, you can go blind from that, too. Dean says, give me five minutes. We'll go check out that house. He walks away, and Sam says, hey, do not use my razor. <laughs> Dean smiles. It's just like, hee, hee, hee. I know. We cut to the boys pulling up to the house in the center of the crazy zone. They're dressed in suits. Sam tries to lockpick the door, but it's opened up by a young boy. How old do you think this kid is? Like, 10? I would guess probably, yeah, like 10. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, The boy says, can I help you? Sam says, hi, uh, what's your name? (gasps) It's a nine-year-old. The sense of humor of a nine-year-old. Oh, there you go. What? Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to tell me there was like a spider in my hair or something. No, I would have been much more hectic about that. (laughs) Okay. God. <laughs> okay, the kid says, who wants to know? Dean reaches for a badge and says, the FBI. Mm-hmm. They hold their badges out, and the kid says, let me see that. So what, do you, so what, you guys don't knock? Dean says, are your parents home? The kid says, they work. Sam says, would you mind if we asked you a few questions? Maybe take a look around the house? The kid says, I don't know. Dean says, come on, you can trust us. We're the authorities. So they go inside to the kitchen. The kid turns the stove off, and Sam says, what's that? The kid says, it's called soup. You heat it up and you eat it. Oh, the sass. <laughs> I know. Sam says, right, I know. It's just, I used to make my own dinner, too, when I was a kid. The kid says, well, I'm not a kid. Sam says, right, no, I know. Um, I'm Robert, by the way. The kid shakes his hand and says, Jesse. Sam says, Jesse, nice to meet you. Dean comes over with a piece of paper that has the tooth fairy on it. Dean says, did you draw this? Jesse says, it's the tooth fairy. Dean says, that's what you think the tooth fairy looks like? <laughs> Jesse says, yeah, my dad told me about him. Wait, didn't your dad tell you about the Tooth Fairy? Dean says, my dad? My dad told me different stories. <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. Yeah. Jesse says, well, the Tooth Fairy isn't a story. Dean says, what do you know about itching powder, Jesse? Jesse says, that stuff will make you scratch your brains out. Dean says, pop rocks and coke? Jesse says, you mix them and you'll end up in the hospital. Everybody knows that. Dean pulls out the joy buzzer and Jesse says, you shouldn't have that. It can electrocute you. Dean says, actually, it can't. It's just a wind-up toy. It's totally harmless. It doesn't even have batteries. Jesse says, so it can't shock you? Dean says, nope, not at all. I swear. Jesse says, oh, okay. Dean says, I mean, all it does is just shake in your hand. It's kind of lame. See? And then he shoves it into Sam's chest. (laughs) 
jerk move. Uh, Sam is startled and then really pissed. Jesse smiles. Dean says, what did you say your name was again? So we cut to Sam and Dean walking to their car. Sam says, dude, what the hell? <laughs> Dean says, I had a hunch. I went with it. He says, you risked my ass on a hunch? Dean says, you're fine. Besides, now we know who's turning this town into Willy Wonka's worst nightmare. Sam says, the kid. Dean says, yeah, everything Jesse believes comes true. You think the tooth fairy looks like Belushi? Joy buzzers really shock people? Boom, that's what happens. Sam says, yeah, but convince him the joy buzzers don't actually work, and they go from killing machines back into crap toys. Dean says, he probably doesn't even know he's doing it. How is he doing it? So they cut to Sam walking into their motel, <laughs> their motel room where Dean is reading a book. Sam says, so dug up what I could on Jesse Turner. It's not much. Uh, B student, won last year's Pinewood Derby. But get this, Jesse was adopted. His birth records are sealed. Dean says, so you unsealed them. Sam says, there's no father listed, but Jesse's biological mom is named Julia Wright. She lives in Elk Creek on the other side of the state. So we cut to Elk Creek, Nebraska. Sam and Dean walk into a house. Uh, Sam and Dean walk up to a house. They ring the doorbell and Julia yells, whatever you're selling. Julia yells, <laughs> whatever you're selling, I'm not interested. Dean yells, we're not salesmen. Agents Page and Plant, FBI. They hold their badges up to the people. She says, put your badges into the slot. Your partners too. So they do. She unlocks the door and says, what do you want? Sam says, we just had a few questions about your son. She says, I don't have a son. Sam says, he was born March 29th, 1998 in Omaha. You put him up for adoption? Julia says, what about him? Sam says, we were just wondering, was it a normal pregnancy? Dean says, was there anything strange? She tries to slam the door, but Dean blocks it. She yells, stay away from me. They chase her through the house and into the kitchen. <laughs> Why would you just run after I know, her? it was all weird. <laughs> like, that would freak somebody out. Yeah. Dean says, we just want to talk. She grabs a salt container and throws salt on them. Nothing happens, of course. Julia says, you're not demons? Dean says, how do you know about demons? We cut to a short while later. They're all sitting down having tea. Julia says, I was possessed. A demon took control of my body, and I hurt people. I killed people. Sam says, that wasn't you. Julia says, but I was there. I heard a woman beg for mercy. I felt a young girl's blood drip down my hands. Dean says, that's how you knew about the salt. I just looked at you with your arms up like that. I don't know, like the like the blanket, like framing you like that. It looked like you were going like this at me. <laughs> and I was like, ah, what's happening? I'm flying away. <laughs> it really freaked me out. Sorry. Uh, it's okay. Okay. Um, so that's how you knew about the salt. Julia says, yeah, I picked up tricks. It was in my head for months. Dean says, how many months? She says, nine. Sam says, so your son... She says, yeah, the whole time, the pregnancy, birth, all of it. I was possessed. The night the baby was born, I was alone, and the pain was overwhelming. I screamed, and it came out a laugh, because the demon was happy. It used my body to give birth to a child. When it was over, something changed. Maybe the demon was tired, or the pain helped me fight it, but somehow I took control. The demon wailed inside of me. It pounded against my skull. I thought my head was going to explode, but I knew. I knew what I had to do. We see a flashback of Julia just after giving birth. She's shoving rock, rock salt down her throat. The demon smokes out. Back in real time, Julia says, When I was alone with the baby, a part of me wanted to kill it. But God help me, I couldn't do that, so I put it up for adoption. And I ran. Dean says, Who is the father? Julia says, I was a virgin. Have you seen my son? Is he human? Dean says, His name is Jesse. He lives in Alliance. He's a good kid. 
So we cut to Sam and Dean walking to their car. Sam says, so now what? Dean says, we need help. So we cut to the boys walking into their motel room, and Castiel is there waiting. Sam says, I take it you got our message. Cass says, it's lucky you found the boy. Dean says, oh yeah, real lucky. What do we do with him? Cass says, kill him. This child is half demon and half human, but is far more powerful than, e- than either. Other cultures call this hybrid Cambian or Kotako. You know him as the Antichrist. Cass sits down on a chair, and it sounds like he has a long, wet fart. <laughs> Cass says, that wasn't me. <laughs> so just, okay, and knowing Misha's personality, that had to be how so hard. difficult would it have been for him to just sit through the whole thing <laughs> and then be like, that wasn't me. Just like totally deadpan. I know. How many takes? I want to know the answer to that. Oh, yeah. Like, I totally want to know the answer to that. We should watch the blooper reel for this season again and see if they touch on that at all. I don't know. I don't remember it, but it must have. Yeah. Usually, I mean, from what I remember of the different blooper reels and stuff, like, it's the stuff that they really melt down over that they put into the blooper reels. Right. (laughs) So Cass says, that wasn't me, and pulls out the whoopee cushion from under him. Dean smiles and says, who put that there? Sam says, anyways, I don't get it. Jesse's the devil's son? Cass says, no, of course not. Your Bible gets more wrong than it does right. The Antichrist is not Lucifer's child. It's just demon spawn. But it is one of the devil's greatest greatest weapons in the war against heaven. Dean says, well, if Jesse's a demonic howitzer, then what the hell is he doing in Nebraska? Cass says, the demons lost him. They can't find him, but they're looking. Dean says, they lost him because... Cass says, because of the child's power, it hides him from both angels and demons, for now. Dean says, so he's got like a force field around him. Well, that's great. Problem solved. Cass says, with Lucifer risen, this child grows strong. Soon he will do more than just make a few toys come to life, something that will draw the demons to him. The demons will find this child. Lucifer will twist this boy to his purpose. And then, with a word, with a word this child will destroy the host of heaven. Dean says, whoa, wait, you're saying Jesse's going to nuke the angels? Cass says, we cannot allow that to happen. Sam says, wait, we're the good guys. We don't just kill children. Cass says, a year ago, you would have done whatever it took to win this war. Sam says, things change. Dean says, okay, hey, look, we're not going to kill him, all right? But we can't leave Jesse here. We know, we can't leave Jesse here either. We know that. So we take him to Bobby's. He'll know what to do. Cass says, you'll kidnap him? What's going on in this town? It's what happens when this thing is happy. You cannot imagine what it will do if it's angry. Besides, how will you hold him? With a thought, he could be halfway around the world. Dean says, so we... Sam says, so we tell him the truth. You say Jesse's destined to go dark side. Fine, but he hasn't yet. So if we lay it all out for him, what he is, the apocalypse, everything, he might make the right choice. Cass says, you didn't, and I can't take that chance. And then Cass swooshes away. Okay. Ouch. (sighs) I mean, I get it. Right. But also at the same time, like, really? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, take it easy on him. I know. But, I mean, that's not Cass's personality. Like, he doesn't get social cues, so right. he's just going to lay it all out there and let the chips fall where they may. You yeah. know? Like, <laughs> Sam says, damn it. So we cut to Julia leaving her home. She locks all the doors, and when she turns around, there's a man standing there. She gasps. It's a mailman. She says, I'm sorry. He says, it's no worries. You Okay. She says, yeah, just today, a little shaky. The man says, ah, well, talking to the Winchesters will do that to you. He grabs her by the neck and shoves her against the door. He says, don't you recognize me, sweetheart? His eyes go demon black. 
He says, we had some great times together, didn't we? And then you stole something from us, hid it away. That was very, very naughty of you. So we watched and we waited, and now they told you where he is, didn't they? I think it's time we go and visit our son. Then he opens her mouth and demon smokes inside of it. Ugh. What a nightmare that must be for Julia. Mm. Yeah. You know, just like living in fear all these years. She yeah. had all those extra locks on her door. Yeah. Not you know? that that would stop anything, no. but still, you know. But just for all of that to be useless. Yeah. You know? Ugh. It's like, that's the only way you can make yourself feel safe, but even then it's not going to do anything for right. you. So we cut to Jesse in his house. He grabs a glass of water. Suddenly Castiel is there. Jesse drops his water. Cass says, don't be afraid. I won't hurt you. Jesse yells, Mom, Dad. Cass says, your mother and father are sleeping. I assure you, they won't wake until morning. I'm sorry. Cass raises the blade he was hiding behind his back. Just then, Sam and Dean bust into the house. They find Jesse alone. Dean says, was there a guy here in a trench coat? Jesse points to the floor where there is a tiny action figure of Castiel. He's so cute. It's not the elf on the shelf. It's the angel on the shelf. I know. It's adorable. (laughs) Dean puts Cass in the fireplace mantle. Jesse says, was he your friend? Dean says, him? No. Jesse says, I did that. But how did I do that? Dean says, you're a superhero. Jesse says, I am? Dean says, yeah. I mean, who else could turn someone into a toy? You're Superman minus the cape and go-go boots. (laughs) See, my partner and I, we work for a secret government agency. It's our job to find kids with special powers. In fact, we're here to take you to a hidden base in South Dakota where you'll be trained to fight evil. Jesse says, like the X-Men? Dean says, exactly like the (laughs) X-Men. X-Men. The X-Man. In fact, the guy we're taking you to, he's even in a wheelchair. You'll be a hero. You'll save lives. You'll get the girl. Sounds like fun, right? Then Dean is slammed against a wall by an invisible force. Demon Julia is there. She says, they're lying to you. Her eyes are demon black. Sam gets up, but Julia slams him against the wall, too. She says to Sam, stay right there, dreamboat. Can't hurt you. Orders. To Dean, she says, you, on the other hand, hurting you is encouraged. Then she slams him back and forth between the walls. Jesse says, I know, that (laughs) looks like it would hurt. Jesse says, leave him alone. Julia says, Jesse, you're beautiful. You have your father's eyes. Jesse says, who are you? She says, I'm your mother. Jesse says, no, you're not. Julia says, mm-hmm, you're half human, half one of us. Dean says, she means demons, Jesse. Julia says, these people you call your parents, they lied to you too. You're not theirs. Not really. Jesse says, my mom and dad love me. Julia says, do they? Is that why they leave you alone all day? Because they love you so much? These people, these imposters, they told you the tooth fairy was real and that your toys could hurt you. And a hundred other things that probably aren't true. They love you so much, they made your whole life a lie. Look into your heart, Jesse. You've always known you weren't theirs. You've always known you were different. Everyone has lied to you. They're not FBI agents, and you're not a superhero. Jesse says, then what am I? Julia says, you're powerful. You can have anything you want. You can do anything you want. Dean says, don't listen to her, Jesse. Julia says, they treated you like a child. Nobody trusted you. Everybody's lied to you. Doesn't that make you angry? Jesse clenches his fists and the lights start flickering and a fire starts going in the fireplace. (laughs) Julia says, see, it does make you angry. But I'm telling you the truth, Jesse. Wouldn't it be better if there were no lies? Come with me and wash it all clean. Start over. Imagine that. A world without lies. Jesse is making the whole room shake. The walls are cracking and pictures are falling down. Sam says, she's right. We lied to you. But I'll tell you the truth. Then Julia tightens her invisible force on Sam and he starts gasping for air. For air. 
Jesse says, stop it. And Sam falls to the ground. Jesse says, I want to hear what he has to say. Julia says, you're stronger than I thought. Sam says, we lied to you and I'm sorry. So here's the truth. I'm Sam Winchester. That's my brother, Dean. We hunt monsters. Julia says, except when you are the monster, right, Sammy? Sam says, that woman right there, her name is Julia. She's your mother. But the thing inside of her, that thing that's talking, that thing you're talking to, it's a demon. Jesse says, a demon? Julia says, he's done nothing but lie to you since the moment you met him. Don't listen to him. Punish him. To Julia, Jesse says, sit down and shut up. A chair pulls up behind Julia and she's forced into it. She can't open her mouth. Sam says, there's kind of a war between angels and demons and you're a part of it. Jesse says, I'm just a kid. Sam says, you can go with her if you want. I can't stop you. No one can. But if you do, millions of people will die. Jesse says, she said I was half demon. Is that true? Sam says, yes, but you're half human too. You can do the right thing. You've got choices, Jesse. But if you make the wrong ones, it'll haunt you for the rest of your life. Jesse yells, why are you telling me this? Sam says, because I have to believe someone can make the right choice, even if I couldn't. Jesse turns to Julia and says, get out of her. And the demon smokes out. Dean is freed from the wall. Dean says, how did you do that? Jesse says, I just did. Dean says, kid, you're awesome. <laughs> Julia is passed out. Jesse asks, is she going to be all right? Dean says, eventually. Dean picks up Cast- the Castiel toy from the ground and says, look, uh, truth is, he's kind of a buddy of mine. Is there any way you could turn him back? Jesse says, he tried to kill me. Dean says, right, but he's a good guy. He's just confused. Okay, look, it's been a long night. Let's talk about it later. Jesse says, what now? Dean says, now we take you someplace safe. Get you trained up. You'd be handy in a fight, kid. Jesse says, what if I don't want to fight? Sam says, Jesse, you're powerful. More powerful than pretty much anything we've ever seen. That makes you, Jesse says, a freak? Sam says, to some people maybe, but not to us. See, we're kind of freaks ourselves. Jesse says, I can't stay here, can I? Dean says, no, the demons know where you are and more will be coming. Jesse says, I won't go without my mom and dad. Sam says, there's nothing more important than family. We get that. And if you really want to take them with you, we'll back your play. But you got to understand, it's going to be dangerous for them too. Jesse says, what do you mean? Dean says, our dad, he would take us with him wherever he went. Jesse says, and where is he now? Sam says, dead. A demon killed him. Dean says, look, Jesse, once you're in this fight, you're in it till the end, win or lose. Jesse says, what should I do? Sam says, we can't tell you. It's your choice. It's not fair. I know. Jesse says, can I go see my parents? I need to say goodbye. Dean says, sure. So Jesse goes upstairs and looks at his sleeping parents. Then he goes into his room and lays on the bed. He looks at his wall, which is covered in uh, like an Australian montage. Like surfing and that yeah. sort of stuff, yeah. This kid... His he always he's got these huge eyes, this actor, and uh-huh. he looks like he's about to start crying at any moment. Yeah, he's and it got really like, got me. The like the precious moment stalls. Like yeah. that's what he looks like. He's just kind of like the, I shouldn't say droopy eyes, but like the corners just kind of go down a little bit. Right, and so he just looks sad all the time. He does look sad. It really <laughs> bugged me. I remember not actually liking this episode when I saw it because yeah. you felt so bad for the kid. Yeah. And now that I have a kid, it was just like extra like, oh, God. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I didn't really like this episode. Yeah. It was just too much for me. This episode, like, I don't know. It doesn't, like, it's not a bad episode for me, but it's just kind of one of those, like, it's a filler episode for me. You know? Yes. Like, I don't care one way or the other about it. 
Yeah, I didn't, Which I didn't really care for it. sounds bad to say, but also, no. you know, like... <laughs> so back with Sam and Dean, Dean says, he's been up there a long time. They go into his room, but Jesse isn't there. Castiel says, he's gone. Sam says, where? Cass says, I don't know. Jesse put everyone in town back to normal. The ones that are still alive. Then he vanished. Sam notices a note on the bed addressed to his mom and dad. Dean says, what does it say? Sam reads it and says that he had to leave his parents, that he had to keep it, that he had to leave to keep his parents safe, that he loves them and that he's sorry. Dean says, how do we find him? Cass says, with the boy's powers, we can't, not unless he wants to be found. So we cut to Sam and Dean driving and baby. Dean says, you think Jesse's going to be okay? Sam says, I hope so. Dean says, you know, we destroyed that kid's life by telling him the truth. Sam says, we didn't have a choice, Dean. Dean says, yeah, you know, I'm starting to get why parents lie to their kids. You want them to believe that the worst thing out there is mixing pop rocks and coke. Protect them from their real evil. You want them going to bed feeling safe. If that means lying to them, so be it. The more I think about it, the more I wish dad had lied to us. Sam says, yeah, me too. Yeah, Sam says, yeah, me too. And credits. Oh, it's a yucky feeling. Yeah. I just, oh, this episode just bummed me out. Yeah. I, you know, this is one of those, it's not an outright sad episode, but it just kind of makes you feel gross on the inside. It is a sad know? episode. Like, You've got this woman who, you know, the whole, yeah. I mean, the I whole guess, birthing a demon baby thing, yeah, you know. It, it's sad, but it's not like people are dying and like that sort of stuff sad yeah. it's like just kind of depressing it's so it's depressing. more of a depressing episode to me than like a sad episode if that makes any yeah, sense yeah it does but um, yeah. yeah i don't really yeah like that <laughs> yeah no this this episode like it's not a bad episode but it's just kind of like eh, i don't feel like i need to watch it again yeah yeah <laughs> you know like and i would but just whatever mm-hmm. um I only have a couple thoughts. Like, thank goodness that kids' tantrums don't end in fire and flashing lights. You know? Oh, my God, right? <laughs> Squeeze their little fists and everything just goes... You know? Right. Like, oh, man, that would be the worst thing ever. And let's be real. Like, kids can't control their emotions. So your house would be, like, either completely leveled to the point of no return or it would just be terrible all the time. You know, mm-hmm. as far as, like... Yeah, I just... Ugh. Anyways. Yeah. Um, also... This kid is pretty logical for being, like, half evil incarnate, you know? Like, yeah. he, he's pretty, like, okay, you know? Like, he, he's, he thinks things through. He's not, like, I'm going to torture you because I can, you know? Right, like, right. It's just, like, okay. He's, like, he's very thoughtful and, like, processes everything, mm-hmm. you know? Which I thought was interesting. But, you know, necessary. Yeah, <laughs> right. So... Uh, what was your favorite moment from this episode? Um, my favorite moment was um, Dean's hairy palm. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I got bored. That nurse was hot. I was like, like, I don't know what to tell you. And then Sam was like, do not use my razor. Like, ew, ew, ew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you could tell that smirk is probably, I'm going to use your razor. <laughs> I know. Yeah. What was your favorite moment? Um, I liked when Dean was, like, his face, like, froze like that, and he, like, sticks his fingers in his lips and, like, crosses his eyes and makes yeah. his, like, like, weird face. And then when Cass good. sits on the whoopee cushion. Oh, yeah. That was such a great moment. <laughs> because it was, because it was so, such a, like, slow fart sound. Yeah. And yeah. so deadpan, the whole thing. He yeah. just sits there and waits for it to end, and is like, 
that wasn't me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I just... That's pretty good. Who does that? Right. <laughs> but, yeah. the This one, I mean, there's still some funny moments. And there's a lot of those, like, the gifts and stuff of him making that face where he's, like, pulling his face apart oh, right, and, like, right. crossing his eyes and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, I've seen that multiple times. But, um, no, that, that was... I shouldn't say the good part of the episode, but also, you know. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, You're right. There was some humor to yeah. kind of lighten it up. But. Yeah, a little bit. It was just such a heavy episode. And, uh-huh. like, just heavy and, like, sad for this kid. You yeah. know what I mean? You don't really get the sense that he has a good life. No. You know what I mean? But he takes it all very well. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he's just like, okay. Now this is what I need to do, which I think it would have been worse for me if the kid was like, what do I do? You right. know, or like, he's just like, okay, so logically this is what I have to do next. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You're right. So that kind of saved it from being like super sad for me. Mm-hmm. Like the situation sucked, but it wasn't like. He wasn't know. crying. And yeah. Yeah. I yeah. It. it wasn't like he wasn't distraught. Yeah. But. Anyways, um, interesting facts from this episode. It says, Dean and Sam use the names Page and Plant, referring to Jimmy Page and Robert Plant, uh, both formerly of English rock band Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Um, the story is very similar to Terry Pratchett's Good Omens. Uh, the demon in that book is called Crowley, and he invented cues um, and hold music to corrupt souls. Which, I, I mean, we don't... Crowley isn't... Yeah, anyways. Um, which... You'll, you'll see why later that's even better. But have you seen the show Good Omens? Oh, yeah. Have you watched it? I've watched probably through like, the first season, maybe a little bit into the second season of that. I don't know. There's only like five or six episodes of it. Really? I thought there was like a couple of seasons. Uh-uh, no. Okay, so maybe I've only seen like... How much of that have I seen then? I don't know. I've seen at least two or three episodes. Okay. I think. Yeah, it's a great book. It's written by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. And um, they wrote it a long time ago. Terry Pratchett isn't alive anymore. Um, and it is it is a great book. And they did a great job with the show. Uh-huh. So I was pretty yeah. pleased with it. Yeah. I think the casting was spot on with um, Martin Sheen and David Tennant as the, the angel and the demon. Yeah. I yeah. like their... Um, back and forth. I know. Tumblr is just full of romantic pictures of the two of them together. Of course. It's pretty funny. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. All the shipping. (laughs) I know. They're adorable. Um, Let's see. Where was I? Oh. um, Actor Mark Akison. I'm going to go with, um, who plays the Tooth Fairy, later plays Hansel in, or Hansel in the season 10 episode about a boy. Okay. um, In 2015. Um, says the title of this episode is the first verse of George <laughs> is the first verse of the George Benson classic greatest love of all from 1977 mm-hmm. uh, the owner of the magic shop is wearing a t-shirt with a picture of Siegfried and Roy uh, the Las Vegas magical duo who worked with white lions and white tigers mm-hmm. and okay can I just say I'm super excited for when we go to Vegas in a couple of weeks for the convention oh I am so excited <sighs> I'm so excited. I thought it was this week that we were going. I know. (laughs) I thought so, too. I was like, oh, and then I was like, I haven't done anything yet. I know. I was like, I got. Oh, no. I had to, like, paint nails and shave my legs and (laughs) dye my hair. and Like, there's so many things. Just look better in every way I can, (laughs) you know. 
I'm kind of like, okay, you know, I don't, I don't usually wear makeup and all that sort of stuff because mm-hmm. I can't be bothered. Yeah, yeah. I know I look better with it, but honestly, I'd rather sleep the extra five minutes. Mm-hmm. And like, for my job, I'm in a dark room for at least an hour at a time. Like, nobody is looking at me. And if they are, they can't really see me because yeah. it's a dark room, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like whatever you know like, right it's fine so that's gonna be a whole thing like bringing makeup and that and sort putting of it stuff. on it's yeah just like uh what you know? yeah <laughs> but um anyways um it says in the beginning of this episode when it shows then it has previews of upcoming episodes as well as previews of this or as a preview of this episode they do that like once a season i think yeah, you know, they're like, like coming bye. up and it's just like kind of montage of crap, you know? Well, and I think I want to say that when they air, that's what plays at the end of the episode for the mid-season break. Oh, I think you're right. And so I think for the Netflix episode, they put it at the beginning. They're mm-hmm. like, here's what's, you know, has happened and then here's what's going to happen because right. they have to give you that to like keep you going until you know, the next episode airs in however many weeks or whatever. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of weird that they don't do it at the end of the episode. Right. But, I mean. Yeah, I don't know why they do that. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, it says, when they find out the boys in Nephilim, um, Sam, Dean, and Castiel all seem to forget that uh, fact later on. Um, actually, they seem not to remember any of these occurrences. Um but a Nephilim is the child of an angel and a human, not a demon and a human. Right, right, right. Um, which, I mean, it's not super... But I mean, I kind of <laughs> skipped over the spoilery parts of that, but yeah. Yeah. Well, um, there's a lot of chat about this kid, so, so they're, you know, airing the final season right now. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of chat in the fandom about... Um, that yeah about if about gonna... this kid and if they you know why can't they find this kid what are they doing with that storyline yeah so i haven't heard anything though about that actor being back i don't know like Would it even need to be the same actor yeah you know? it well it wouldn't be able to probably well maybe i guess because he's like i mean he i mean be... i don't see why not he'd be the age that he would be yeah exactly you know, in the show in the show so but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I have, I'm a couple episodes behind, I think. Okay. <laughs> Shame on me. Yeah. But I've thought about that a couple of times, like, within watching this episode. I'm like, okay, knowing what we know now, which I'm not going to say any of that because, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. um, I kind of wonder, like, if they're going to bring that kid back because almost to an extent you would think they would have to not that they would have to but like it would be helpful it would be helpful potentially yeah or terrible you know right i feel like it's either gonna they're gonna bring him back and he's gonna be a huge help or he is going to never be heard from again because i mean demon Mm -hmm. you know and it would be the opposite of helpful so right, right. i guess it just kind of depends on how the writers look at it if it's going to be one of those like he would be mm-hmm. way less helpful than what you think he would be or yeah. if it would 
actually, you know. My gut is that they're not going to bring him back, that they're just going to let not. that go. Everyone's yeah. like, they just left that wide open. But they didn't. He teleported himself to Australia and is yeah. hiding. Yeah. That, that's okay for an end for that character, I think. Yeah, just like, you okay, know? he's living the life that he wanted to, that he's been dreaming right. about or whatever. And he's, you know, he yeah. knows what's going on. When I thought about this episode before, being that I'd only seen it once before, I thought that um, that he left with his demon mom, his demon-possessed mom. That's what I thought happened. Yeah. That they went off somewhere to, you know, for her to train him up. So I was like, oh, so they can, like, present him again later and he can, you know, have gone all dark side. But that's not what happened. So. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Well, because she stayed there. Like, she was... I mean, last we heard of her, she's still passed out on the couch or in the chair or whatever. She's so, still there. Yeah. Like, I wonder if, I'm sure they probably must have put her back to wherever she was or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Because what happens if you wake up, your kid's gone, and this random woman who you don't know is asleep in your living room? Oh, you know? man. Like, That's some bad I would be news. like, what the heck? Who yeah. are you? You know, like, what is happening right now? But. Also, I just want to say I really like the actress who played Jesse's biological mom. Yeah. Um, I can't remember her first name, but she is related to um, David Carradine. I can't remember if it's her, his daughter or his granddaughter. But I have no idea. Oh, he's a kind of a cult classic actor. He was Bill in Kill Bill, and he I was also in those those martial arts shows. Um, the martial arts show I think called Kung Fu. Oh, I don't know. As the young grasshopper. None yeah. of that is... Okay, well... Yeah. I mean, I I remember seeing a scene with somebody catching a fly with chopsticks. <laughs> yeah, she's also in my favorite movie, Dead and Breakfast, which I know you, I made you see. It's where yeah. the zombies happen, but every yeah, now and then like they break musical. out into song. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's in that movie, and she's the final girl in that movie. <laughs> I don't... I mean, I remember watching the show, kind of, but I don't mm-hmm. remember her. That just means we got to rewatch it. <laughs> There's a lot of things that we have to watch mm-hmm. and rewatch and, you know, all yep. that sort of stuff. But. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so the research from this week is for, um, looking up a cambion, which is what they said the half demon, half, half human, human is. is. Right. Um, and it, this is from royalroad.com, and it's uh, a demonic encounter. Oh, okay. Um. So, and this is kind of written like a first-person story, kind of. Um, Anyways, um, so it says, The eyes would reveal themselves every now and then, making it impossible for sleep to come to me. I couldn't keep my eyes from staring at that alleyway. I was afraid that if I did fall asleep, then whatever that beast was would surely make its way over to me. The city of Tibera, (laughs) we're going with it, uh, was known for its pestilences, and I was getting the very worst of it. Mosquitoes made their way to the open flesh on my arms, legs, neck, and any open spot they could find to nurse the blood from me. Ugh. Yuck. (laughs) After a while, I got tired of swatting at them and let them come. It wasn't long before I had a pile of tiny black dead corpses encircling my body. That is (laughs) fucking weird. Something in my blood didn't sit right with them. That's sketchy. That's weird. Okay. <laughs> Poisoning the bloodsuckers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, good riddance, though, really. Right. <laughs> um, it says, all of these things, these horrible occurrences that were happening to me could have been so much worse, or could have been so much worse in my mind. It had seen too many extreme scenes this day and had become numb to anything else. That was most likely the reason why I stood and made my way towards the red eyes in the alleyway. I wasn't thinking straight any longer. 
Yeah. You see the eyes and you walk toward it. No, bad idea. Yeah. Um, it says, okay, I'm sorry. If I'm killing mosquitoes, you better bet I'm going to the hospital. Oh, yeah. Be like, what is the matter with my blood? <laughs> because I'm killing bugs out here. <laughs> like, they're eating me and they're dropping. Yeah. You know? like, Something's not right. Something's not right, yeah. Test me for everything. <laughs> like, all the things. Yeah. Run all the blood sam- samples that you need. Yeah. Um, it says, I crossed the bridge, the cold wind whipping at the ends of my robe. My teeth did not chatter and my mind was clear of thought. Well, my goal was, I had no idea. Not until I turned the corner and into the darkness of the alley did I get fear again. Um, did fear yet again set its teeth into me. So, for some reason, I just can't read today. Um, the red eyes stared at me from low off the ground. They grew as the beast came closer and closer. Soon it had made its way into the light of the moon, and then and there I was forced to muffle a cry from my mouth. It took everything in me not to run away. Not because I wanted to hold my ground, but I was afraid patrolling guards would see me. The sight before me was the definition of horror. A spawn of Satan. Poor Johnny's head was bloated to two times its normal size and was situated upside down. (laughs) As it looked up at me, drool poured from its mouth and oozed towards its forehead. Because it's, you know, upside down. Um, Two massive arms protruded from either side of his jaw and he held and held the head up a few inches from the ground. The only reason I had recognized this as being Johnny's head was that one of his elvish ears had been chewed off partly by a street rat when he was a baby. Ugh. Yeah. And elfish, I mean, they they mean, like, not pointy, but probably small. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, this thing is not an elf. Right, right, That right. we know of so far. Um, it says... I imagine your day hasn't been going well, um, said Johnny's head in a guttural speech. Has it? I opened my mouth to speak, but no words came. You must have so many questions. Yes, I can feel them. You are very lucky then, for I, yes, I, hold the answers. What are you? I asked it. The same as you, I suppose, just not nearly as powerful. One of the eyes in the upside-down head grew tired and drifted off to the side. Hmm. No such powers reserved, um... No, such power is reserved only for his offspring. Offspring, I asked, my eyes shifting left and right, looking around the alley for any sort of weapon to strike this fiendish beast with. Makes sense, you demon. (laughs) The head rolled left and right on top of Johnny's head. Hmm. That doesn't make any sense. It's fine. Um, It's grin widened, revealing brown gums with only a few rotten teeth. Call me what you want, but that will not change what and who you are. Your life has been a lie. It lifted itself with one arm and pointed at me with the other. You've been led far, far from your destiny. It is now that your father has come to reclaim you and place you back on track. At the uh, at the corner of my eye, I found exactly what I was looking for. A wooden beam had come loose from where it had been nailed shut to a window. I ran towards it and plucked it easily from the wall. I pointed my weapon at the demon and draining the last bit of courage, I said, I cannot allow you to live, demon. You can't fool me with your lies. Your eyes, it said, dropping its pointed hand or dropping its pointing hand and placing it back on the ground you are your father's son take your rightful place by his right side in the heated kingdom of hell i tried to bring down the wooden beam but only made it halfway before changing the trajectory and smacking the ground i couldn't do it it was still johnny's head for god's sake (laughs) oh jeez hmm it said we'll have to work on that atrocious conscience of yours how else will you serve your father the king of darkness this time, the words were ver- the words were adhesive in my mind, and I finally understood what this evil thing was getting at. I dropped the beam and backed away, no longer afraid of a guard seeing me. No, I said, you're wrong. I pointed at it. You're wrong. 
Johnny's eyes widened to an inhuman range now, both pupils going lazy in opposite directions. It started to laugh and bounce higher and higher until there were crackling sounds of Johnny's skull being smashed bit by bit. Stop that, I yelled, backing away more now. Stop. There was power in in this demon's gaze, and I felt drunk off of it. Suddenly, I felt good. Very good. I'd only felt like this once when I was younger and had found myself stealing from the chapel and drinking the wine we used for offerings. (laughs) (laughs) However, this time it felt much better, much sweeter. I wanted to listen to it. I wanted to go with it. I desired more of this feeling. I barely noticed the shadow fall from atop the building and half a second later, the sorcery that had blinded me disappeared. A gleaming sword protruded from the top... uh, the top of Johnny's head, and the barrier shifted it left and right, making sure the brain had been skewered. The person, with awesome agility and strength, pulled the sword out and swatted it, slinging blood over to the nearest wall. Johnny's head shrunk back to normal size, his eyes straightening themselves and lids falling halfway shut. The demon slayer stepped out from the shadows and took the shape of a young girl very close to my own age. She looked neither excited by this kill nor did she look thrilled. Come with me, she said. She turned back towards the alley and ran back into the darkness. Not knowing what else to do or where to go, I gently picked up Johnny's head, wrapped it in my cloak, and followed the stranger. I want to know more. I know, right? And so, I mean, basically it's like, it's the story from a half- Right. Demon, half human, who's like trying to figure out what the heck is yeah. going on. So it's not like a story. I mean, it's a story about one, but it's not a story from somebody else's point of view. Yeah. It, so. Yeah. That was a good storytelling. I really like that. It's it's interesting. That's for sure. Whatever it is, don't want to be anywhere near it. Yeah. So that's fine. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so what was your Idjit or Aspen moment? <laughs> so my Idjit moment was I did two idiot moments <laughs> that were the same thing and we had to go back and fix it because i realized a couple episodes later oh crap because then i was i didn't so okay my idiot <laughs> nasa moments i keep in a notepad on my phone mm-hmm. and when i did the original um idiot or aspect moment I didn't delete it from my phone, mm-hmm. and then, but I write them all down. So I've got a list of like all the ones that we use. So I have like the list of ones that I haven't used yet in my phone, and then um, the list of the ones that I have used on the paper. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I only looked at the phone and I didn't look at the paper. And so we did the same thing twice, and I didn't realize it until it was. Like, oh, we need to publish this next week. Oh, crap. You know, right, like, right, right, right. Ah, you know. Um, so then we had to go back through and open it, delete the thing, go through and do that whole thing. So it was kind of a pain in the butt, and I just kind of felt dumb. Yeah, it's okay. Because <laughs> I just, like, it okay, worked out. I knew better. It, it was easy to change. It was easy to change because it was, like, at the end, so that was nice. We weren't having to, like, search through the whole episode yeah. going, where was this? Right. But, yeah. So that was that was mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was yours? Okay, so I had surgery the day after Christmas, and um, everything is good. I'm all healed up, and I'm still having some nerve pain, but nerves take a long time to heal, so Mm -hmm. that's, you know, expected. Um, So we're slowly getting in our bills for this, and I got a letter from my insurance saying that um, the anesthesiologist was not um, one of my preferred providers or wasn't on the plan Mm -hmm. so he's charging us i don't remember what two thousand something dollars Mm -hmm. for 
the anesthesia and um, they tried to get him down. They had some sort of contact with him about it mm-hmm. and recommended that he only charge me this lower number mm-hmm. and, you know, to look for his bill. And if he hasn't charged me the lower number to contact them mm-hmm. and, you know, blah, 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 blah. They'll negotiate with him, which is super cool that that's a thing that my insurance will do, mm-hmm. you know. But also, like, I don't have any choice over who my anesthesiologist is. No, they that's, don't tell that's you, like... completely out of my hands. Yeah, I don't get to yeah, pick. No. I don't get options. Mm-mm. You get who you get, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So I just think that that's a big bunch of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So... Because, okay, here's the thing, and that... Because you don't even half the time know who this person is. You meet them for all of a few seconds before you're out. Right, you know? yeah. And so it's kind of like, okay, I... You would think that they would say, oh, listen, this person has this health insurance. Mm-hmm. Like, if they don't cover it, get somebody else to come in. Right. Or, right. you know, they would say, okay, well, clearly I'm working with this doctor or this whoever that does this and this, but I don't do this and this, so I should probably double check to make sure, you know? Right. I mean, I don't, I just, I don't know how it works or anything. But, I don't know. So. That's weird, though. It's, like, a, I could it's see, a weird thing. Yeah. Like a doctor that's out of network is like some people just like they're like, I know this doctor and I want to see this doctor even if they're out of network. Right. But like for an anesthesiologist, like they're you just don't there get to a knock choice. you out. You know, yeah, like, you don't get a choice. <laughs> I actually really liked this guy. I um, when he when I, he came to meet me, he was like, do you have any questions? And I was like, yeah, look, like I I accidentally read this article about how. You know, this girl. <laughs> I love was, how you say you accidentally read articles all the time. <laughs> it happens. I, I mean, it's, it's fine. <laughs> about, so I read this article about this woman who was, you know, put to sleep for a surgery and she woke up in the middle of it, but she was completely paralyzed. They didn't know she was awake uh-huh. and she could feel everything, but she couldn't like alert them that Do she anything. was. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I read this, like, is this a thing that can happen? And he was like, you know, not very many people ask me this question, but it does happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. He's like, here's the thing, like. If that happens to you, your blood, your pulse and your blood pressure are going to skyrocket, mm-hmm. indicating that you're uncomfortable. Yeah. And I'm monitoring that every yeah. second that you're asleep. So I will mm-hmm. know yeah. and I will give you more of the drugs to knock yeah. you out. Yeah. I was like, okay. And I felt <laughs> I felt good about that answer. Yeah. Like, that's a great answer. Yeah. I would assume that that's what they would do because they're not just ignoring it. They don't just give you this and be like, okay, fine. You know? Like, yeah. I mean, like, monitor. and monitoring it the whole time. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I feel yeah. very good about this. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't make me feel like I was being dumb or anything about having that question. Oh, you know? I'm sure people ask that all the time. Yeah. You know, like, and it's mm-hmm. not unreasonable. Like, that's right. a legit, like, ugh, sort of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. So anyways, I, I really like the guy. I'm bummed that there's this issue happening now. But. Yeah. What can you do? Not a whole heck of a lot. There's nothing really you can do. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. I, mm, I've never heard of that before. Like, having them have your anesthesiologist of all things be mm-hmm. out of network. But. Well, when, yeah, when Killian had his mouth or his, all those teeth worked on, mm-hmm. we had to put him under. And his dentist is in part of our network, but their anesthesiologist they use wasn't. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have a choice on that. They're like, look, we're not going to bring in somebody we've never used before. Yeah. Like, this is who we work with. Yeah. This is the one anesthesiologist we work with. Yeah. So there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. At that point, it's kind of like, well... <laughs> What the heck, you know? Yeah. So all of <laughs> like, it is. have that person get covered by multiple people then and not just, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. 
I gotta wonder if they're in any network. Yeah. You know? They would have to be. You know? I don't know. They'd have to be in some sort of network. I don't know. To bill insurance. Right. You know, because other than that, they would say this is just going to be a cash, like, this Mm -hmm. is just going to be an out-of-pocket thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. Or visit our Facebook page, Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.